And a good Monday morning to you, and welcome into Darren, Donick, and Chase here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Hope everybody's having a good start to your week and had a great weekend. You should be refreshed. You should be well-rested. You got an extra hour. An extra hour feels pretty good. I've got to be honest. You're Darren, very excited about that. I actually am. Darren McFarlane, that's me. Willie D is up in the Motor City. Predators and Red Wings tonight. They'll drop the puck at 6 o'clock. I'll have pregame for you at 5 o'clock. Everything heard right here on 102.5 The Game. Chase McCabe is alongside. Hello. Max Hers and Jason behind the glass. Fellers. Hello, gents. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Teron Davenport is already here. He has made his way from Charlotte where the Titans fell to the Panthers. This weekend feels a little bit different than last weekend where there was a lot of success here in Middle Tennessee and outside of the Vols beating UAB. That was about it. Predators fell to the Rangers on Saturday. Titans went to Carolina, got beat up by the Panthers. Let's see, what am I missing? Vanderbilt Mm. didn't look very good Mm. in, in Columbia, South Carolina. MTSU, UNC, Charlotte. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Wasn't good. You went to that game too, didn't you? Oh, that's right. I saw that. Yeah. That's right. You did take went, that in. I went to the game and the club afterwards, man. <laughs> oh wow, Will Hilly. Uh, that's nice. Well, I didn't. It wasn't an actual club, baby. I behave. Okay. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, no, Clarification, it, please. It, they after the games after they win, they have club lit. That's what they call it, and they turn up. Will Hilly came in there in shoulder pads. And a helmet, and they passed him around like he was on top of a mosh oh pit or something. And yo, those guys got hype. It's their reward for the hard okay. work cool. and, and winning. I, I, I'm, I'm a UNC Charlotte fan. My name really? is Teron, and I am officially that a just fan. happened, or that happened going into the game. It, it, it had, was it already there, or did it happen and morph over the weekend? It morphed over the okay. weekend. Just okay. getting to be on the sideline with those guys, talk to them a little bit. The coaches. The head coach, and then seeing the energy, yeah. You know what? We never – I totally forgot to connect those dots last weekend. It's been interesting, right? You had the Predators go down to Tampa to take on the Lightning last weekend. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the Bucks were here taking on the Titans the following day. Those dots right there, Titans yeah. and Charlotte to take on the Panthers on Sunday. MTSU taking on Charlotte there on Saturday. And I miss – I feel like weekend. there was one – before that, too. Vandy um, was about an hour and a half south. Yeah. That's right. They were. Oh, yeah. South Carolina. Yeah. Like... I've been to Columbia. Been to the campus of South Carolina before. Very nice. Yeah, that's that Gamecock noise drives me crazy. Though. I know. That rooster. When I went to Columbia, I actually went to – they have the single-A baseball team there. The Colum- – the, uh, I forget what they're called. Fireflies, right? Fireflies, yeah. Of course. Tebow's Jay, first squad. And they were playing... Did you forget the Fireflies? They were playing the Braves. They were playing the Rome Braves, the single mm-hmm. A of, of Atlanta. And I missed Tebow by four days. He had just gotten called up to uh, either high A or double A or one of them. But mm-hmm. I, we had just missed him. And they, the guys there were telling me just how crazy it was with Tim Tebow <laughs> playing for the Fireflies. But what did you really miss? Yeah, it meant the plate. What did you miss? Nothing. Yeah. Miss nothing. No. I just miss, oh, hey, there's a guy we all know. Yeah. <laughs> really, that's about it. That's about the extent of it. Uh, we are going to talk a lot of Titans with Tehran in this first hour. Mike Vrabel is set to head to the podium around 1140 today. 
Uh, we'll head east at noon. We'll talk with Vince Ferrara about Tennessee's big win over UAB. I said it on Friday. I told you. I personally scouted UAB you in did. week two of the season. I was in Akron I'm there for the Titans and the Browns game the day before. I went to Akron and UAB, and I said Akron stinks. They are arguably the worst team in the country in Division One football. It was not an impressive win for UAB. They're okay. But if Tennessee is getting better and they're getting right and they're fixing things, they should win easily. They did. The Mm -hmm. Vols won easily. Yes, they did. Like they should have. They should have taken care of business against, like I said, an okay UAB team. I love their program. I root for UAB because of their story going away. It should have never went away. Bill Clark's done an amazing job there. But watching them firsthand in person at the beginning of the year, I was like, eh. They're okay. Yeah. But it's good to see Tennessee going from eh, not very good to halfway decent. There it's a it's a long process for them, but they're starting to do that. Unlike the professional team where we don't really know what they're doing. Mm, yeah, we're gonna get into that. Definitely gonna get into that. Scott Burnside at one o'clock. Willie Taggart has been shown the door in Tallahassee. Although, don't anybody feel sorry for him. Nobody cry. Don't shed a tear. Don't lend your shoulder. He got paid over $17 million to go away. It's the best get going. I hope he's on a beach. Yeah, it just really is. Um, if you count up his wins at Florida State, what he got paid for those wins, man, did he get paid handsomely for those wins. Woo! And then he gets paid seven, over $17 million to go away. So Florida State will be looking for a new head football coach. Yeah, they have an interim, but... They're going to want to make a splash, that's for sure. I'll be curious to see what direction they go. Yeah. I mean, I think I know a phone call they're probably going to make. I don't think they're going to like how that conversation goes, but if they don't make that phone call, then they should all be fine. Who are you talking about? They should at least call Urban Meyer. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But you have to to make Yes, you have to. You have to. You have to make him tell you no. I've told you before, I think because of – Urban Meyer's two stops, Florida and Ohio State, he would not be a fit at Florida State or Michigan because he doesn't want to tick off those fan bases. So he's going to need to pick a place where there's no affiliation to his last two stops, and it doesn't matter. He won't make them mad. Kind of like USC, maybe, who got blown out by Oregon. Do you think that they'll call or at least inquire Lane Kiffin? That's not bad. You think they at least kind of talk to him? I think they should kick the tires. Like, uh, you, just, hey, see if the what, lane, what are you thinking? See, see what the lane train's up to. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's not. I don't know what they're looking to do. That's an interesting name. <laughs> I mean, he he's going to be rumored for jobs, even though FAU doesn't not, look. Right. They've The first they, year, they yeah. were really good, and then it's. It's fallen and, off. Been okay since then. It's not an easy job, as we know. But, yeah. but I do wonder. It depends on, you know, does he want to – I mean, he's always going to have somewhat of a spotlight on him just because of his personality and who he is. But does he want to get back into the big boy pool or does he like being the king in the in the small pool? That's, that's what he kind of needs to figure out. I don't out. think he – Particularly likes the small pool. I think he likes being I think in the big likes, pool. I, like, I think he likes the big pool. I don't know if Florida State, if that's the answer. They'll be a lot more exciting. But will they win at the clip 
yeah. they're looking to win at? I don't know. With Lane Kiffin. I don't know. I don't know. So don't that know job is indeed open. All right, we'll come back. Teron Davenport, NFL Nation reporter for the Titans, ESPN, ESPN.com. Of course, talking with TD on these airwaves, TD and Chase on Friday nights from 6 to 8. You can also hear that. A lot going on with Teron. We'll come back. He's back from Charlotte. We'll talk about what was the Titans game. One more game before their bye week, and it's not an easy one. Kansas City Chiefs in town this weekend, and it looks like Mahomes will probably be back in the lineup before they take their their week off. We'll talk to Teron next on Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025, the game. All right, listen up, especially Predators fans. We're going to give you a chance. One lucky listener and a guest to go to Dallas, Winter Classic Celebration Flyaway. All week this week, starting today, you're going to have a chance to qualify. That's the key word, qualify for this incredible prize. 7 o'clock hour, of course, that's morning drive. 11 o'clock hour on our show. And the 3 o'clock hour in Jared and the GM. So those are the hours you'll have to listen every time this week, okay? 7 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 3 o'clock. In, somewhere in those hours, three times a day, you're going to have a chance to qualify. And what's going to happen is you're going to hear a cue to call from a Predators player. You're going to call in and correctly identify that player that just gave you the cue to call, okay? And the person that does that is going to qualify for this trip, this grand prize. Listen, this sounds this. fun. Round trip airfare, mm. hotel accommodations, Ooh. pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at American Airlines Center on New Year's Eve Ooh. in Dallas, a pair of tickets to the Winter Classic uh, for the Preds and Stars, New Year's Day at the Cotton Bowl. Is that a pretty good prize? Um, I would say so. Yeah. Hey, I got to go. I need to go listen to the radio. We'll, we'll, see you later. well, we'll be there. So you don't oh. have to worry about oh, yeah. that. Prizes are courtesy of Outback Concerts. For more details, visit thegamenashville.com. Darren McFarland, Chase McCabe, alongside Teron Davenport in studio with TD. us. NFL Nation reporter for ESPN. He was in <laughs> Charlotte. He's pumped about Carlos Beltran being named. Uh, we talked about it on Friday at the end of the show. And they of had, course, they had, narrowed, they had narrowed it down to two candidates, Eduardo Perez or Beltran. And I said, I just can't imagine as much as I've dealt with Eduardo over the years. I've done events with him. He's a really good. I think he does a good job. I can't imagine that he's going to be the next manager of the Mets. And right after our show, they named Carlos Beltran the manager of the Mets. Yeah. Teron, uh, your thoughts. I mean, I don't know that. I'm a big fan of another first-year manager. I wanted Dusty Baker, Joe Girardi, obviously he's in Philly, or even Buck Showalter. But one thing that is good is Beltran is very familiar with the city. He knows how to handle the city. He knows what he's walking into as far as a media perspective, a pressure perspective. They paid that man $100 million to play baseball there. So I'm sure that he's okay when it comes to the pressure. We'll see what happens. But – I just don't think he can afford to have one of the batters leave the bat on his shoulder. Game six, full count. Wow. So you haven't forgotten. I have not forgotten. (laughs) But, you know, another good thing, he could tap into Nashville's finest. There is a guy by the name of Howard Johnson Uh that is the hitting coach for the Nashville Sounds. No offense, Nashville Sounds, but I would love to see him 
move up to the Mets. Uh, no offense, but uh, you would like to see him leave Nashville and go to New York. Yes, sir. And be the hitting <laughs> coach there. All right. Let's start with just the generic takeaway from yesterday. You were there. You were in person um, covering that game. What was your takeaway? Man, uh, extremely disappointed. Uh, I think for the fans, I was disappointed for them because this was – that first half of football was, was bad. was that's, tough. That's, that was punishment. That's my takeaway. That first half was – it, it was it was bad, and then insult the injury. You lose one of your top corners. It's a bad situation. There are questions that need to be asked of the coaching staff, some of the players. Just there's there's a lot that needs to be answered, and uh, there were some questions asked that weren't answered at the press conference. I plan to reiterate the concerns, not concerns, but the the questions that we had. Um, this is why I like you. It, it just – it's its mind-boggling that Derrick Henry got Thank two you. carries. I was waiting. I was waiting. I wanted to see when you would get there because I was certainly going to go there. It, it was, there was a wind-up, you yeah. know, two carries in the first half. It's just how – do you, How do you begin to explain that? By the way, Carolina, number one against the run defense? No. No. Number two? No. No. Top, 20, top 10, top 15, top 20? Nah. Giving up how many yards? Uh, 27th in the league. Almost the almost a football field and a half of yards rushing. <laughs> He's giving up per game. A buck 35 per game. And you mean to tell me that Derrick Henry got the rock twice in the first. But ironically, what happened? Just came right out of the gates in and the just third stuffed quarter. it right in his chest, <laughs> and he just took off running. Right down the field for a touchdown. Seven carries, 47 yards, and eight-yard touchdown. Imagine oh, and that. by the way, he caught a screen and took it 23 yards for it. Listen, when I'm on Chase and TD, when we're talking Chase mm-hmm. and I say DH22, and I know it's repetitive, but I say that's the player to we watch. We have the diesel truck cranked up, ready to go. It, unfortunately, that truck didn't make it to no. on time to, no. uh, to uh, uh, Charlotte, you know, because of a bit of operator error. And, man, it, it – that just, it, it can't happen. Here, here's where I'm at with this. We all can't be wrong. I mean, we just can't be. I understand that's their job, and they're, they're supposed to be smarter than us. I, I get that. And I'm not saying that we're all smarter than them. I think what my takeaway is, every week, it feels like a collective, large, large group of people watching, following, covering, rooting for, whatever category you fit in for a Titans game every week, everybody gets on the same page of, yeah, they should have done this, mm-hmm. but yet that doesn't happen. And I, I guess what I'm confused is I don't understand how everybody can seems like get in, or at least the masses can all get on the same page, which is very hard to do, and all feel the same way, and yet – they don't seem to feel the same way about it. I mean, I I don't know how anybody can explain what you just threw out there and what we were all saying, like how the number 27 team in the league against the run. In other words, they're awful against the run. They stink against the run, even though their defense is really good. They stink against the run, and you have Derrick Henry and you give him the rock twice in the first half. And I guess the other thing we have to bring up to Ron is 
How do you explain their first half woes? Four times they've been shut out in the first half. This is a league that's set up for offense. This is a league that's saying, hey, you're a defensive player. Sorry. We're going to kind of work against you. We, We want offense. We want points scored. And they've had four games out of nine where they've been shut out in the first half. Well, here's the the other thing too. It extends even beyond Derrick Henry, right? Again, going back to the 27th ranked run defense, giving up 135 yards rushing per game. They ran the ball six times collectively, and one of them I think was a was a scramble on on Tannehill's behalf. So you have five, you have five. Listen, either way is under ten, right? Yeah, Lewis three carries, Henry. Two carries, Tannehill, one carry in the first half. Correct. And I believe that one carry, as I said, was a scramble. Yeah. So my thing is this. Even if you had a plan and you saw opportunities to get Deion Lewis involved, great. He had a couple carries. He had a 15-yarder and a uh, 7-yarder. Unfortunately, he had the fumble, and that's a a, a bad deal because – this was a game in, when De- in which Deion Lewis started to be showcased a little bit more, and he showcased what he could do. But you had to fumble. So my thing is this. Even if you were going to get away from Derrick Henry at some point, which I, I don't think is the correct thing to do, at least still run the football. Run the ball. Is this the matchup you get away from Derrick Henry? I don't. That, that's kind of hard to explain. I 100% do not believe yeah. it's the matchup you get away from. But like I said – at least still run the ball against a team that's really bad against the run. Can, can I give you guys my crazy conspiracy theory for a second <laughs> uh, on this on this coaching staff and this team? I feel like sometimes they listen to all the noise and all of us, the talking heads, and you know it, quarterback play and how he, it hasn't been very good and protection hasn't been very good and 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 it's Dion Lewis. Like, what is he? Is he still on the team? And like, hey, we gotta got to prove that wrong like let's go out there and sling the rock and let's let's hand the ball off to Deion lewis i know that's silly but it just feels like sometimes they try and prove everyone wrong and all they're doing is proving us right okay so if that's the case they want to showcase the quarterback you have a guy that was a number five overall pick you have a guy who was a 51st pick you have a high price free agent one of the best slot receivers in the league if you just not look at stats and situation mm-hmm. you just look at players Corey Davis didn't get a target until 43 seconds left in this first half. Mm-hmm. So let's just say that theory was true. Yeah, they're not they're not doing it right. That's the point. They're not going to the big players that they need to be going to. Now, to Tannehill's credit, I will I will give credit where it's due. It wasn't necessarily in the game plan to take shots downfield, but he was putting that ball up there. Right from the start, you had the mm-hmm. pass interference card, call that Tajay Sharp drew. Uh, Corey Davis was interfered with. A.J. Brown had a couple uh, uh, deep catches. So I will give them credit for that, taking those shots. But really, for me, what happened to looking at the personnel you're going against and game planning and setting them up for a big play? What I mean by that is you have Dante Jackson, outstanding cornerback. He's one of those guys, though, that always takes the cheese because he wants to pick it off and he wants to make house calls, right? Slants. Run a couple slants. It is established. It's established that A.J. Brown is a killer on, on those crossers. 
hit a couple. You're going to get seven to ten yards at least with him. Hit a couple. And then once he starts biting and, and jumping, pump fake, go uptown. But they didn't do that. Now, granted, I know you had the ball bounce off of A.J. Brown's hands, which is a rarity, and it was intercepted. Guess who picked it off? Dante Jackson. Yep. But, I mean, it's just why not take advantage of the people that you're going against? That's And, and it's easy for me to sit in this chair and, and say that. But at the same time, when you're spending so much time preparing and, and putting all the hours and work and everything else into – the game plan, why isn't that a part of it? I, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I don't get it either because they have the pieces. And if it is a part of it, why isn't it executed? There's something just, just not right. Uh, look, that's why I'm bra- I, I'm with you. Like that, That's why I said we're not supposed to be right, and I feel like we've been right too much. And, and you're right. It is easier from our – from our vantage point. I get it. It's for everybody. It's so much easier, right? I, I understand that. But I think also if you listen to the show and you've been and you've spent more than five minutes listening to this show, you know we try to be fair and say we also try to give our opinions of what we're thinking in the moment. Not not afterwards, not after we slept on it and woke up the next day and then came in here and said, Okay, now let's question everything. We try to be fair. And try to say, you know what, if that's what we were thinking in the moment, that's, I think, fair to bring up. I don't think I don't think it's fair to react to everything that happens on Monday after you know the results. Because mm-hmm. that's easy, man. Anybody mm-hmm. can do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. At whatever sport you're talking about, we can all do that. But at least be fair about it. I feel like we have. This show has. Yeah, for sure. And, I, I, you know, and, I, and if we're wrong, we're wrong. That's, yeah. And I got no issues coming in saying... I would have done it this way, and they didn't, and they, that was the right call, and I was wrong. That, that doesn't bother me a bit. That's what we're paid to do, and we're going to be right a lot of times, and we're going to be wrong. You want to be right more than you're wrong, at least in my case. That's what I want to be, but we're going to be wrong. I just feel like every week it's just head-scratching how mm-hmm. you can just – how do you explain? I think that's kind of what you were just doing, Teron. Like, how do you explain that? I mean – Every week we're, we've got a couple of things we come in and say, like, how did you all week prepare and say this was the best way to go about this? I mean, I don't know how you can look at Carolina and say, wouldn't we at least try to cram it down their throat? Mm-hmm. And the thing that's and, so- and if that's not working, then you make adjustments. We know the game. You have yeah, to make adjustments. Yeah. You, you you play off of that. You you know this team is struggling to stop the run, so they're going to sell out. To you got the safety in the box, Eric Reed in the box, plenty of times. Uh, my my thing is, where's the identity, right? If you think about this offense, where like the Chiefs are coming here, you know what <laughs> on their Sunday. identity is. You know what they're going to do. We're going to chuck it and 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 is is you know we're going to throw that thing around around the around the field. What is the Titans' identity? That is a great question. And that's the thing. Once you establish an identity, something that is known that you do well, then you could work off of that. But right now, a team coming in, they're like, well, I mean, there's really not much they do well on offense. So we're going to tell them what they're going to do. Yeah, That's basically what it seems like defenses are, are doing against the Titans. And – the struggles in, in the first half, you know, I talked to Arthur Smith about scripting. He didn't say 
how many plays he scripts, but I just I I I don't know, man. I I don't know. What's typical? Usually like fifteen. Yeah, like 15, 15. fifteen to twenty. It it, it generally and takes. Is it each half or is it just the start? Of no, the no, game? no, no. Just, just the start. start. Of the game. Just the start. The, it, it, usually like the first couple series, and then you work off of that, right? You you, you get to see. One of the things that Rabel said that was interesting, though, was uh, he kind of hinted at getting a little different looks on game day than what they've seen leading up to the game. I'm going to ask him to expand upon that a little bit more, but that's something that's pretty interesting, right? And, And that could be a reason why they're getting away from what's obvious and I think last week was a good example. The the Bucks game, they saw matchups with the tight ends. They ended up working to their credit, but I mean they 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 barely got the win, you know. But they got the win. We'll come back on the other side. Special teams was a huge huge problem yesterday. It was a and quite honestly, I thought it was a dagger for the Titans. We'll talk about that on the other side with Teron Davenport, Darren Donick, and Chase. ESPN one hundred two five. The game. Thank you, Gary. We'll see you in Dallas on New Year's Day. Remember, next hour, your chance to qualify. You're going to hear a Predators player give you the cue to call. Identify that player and call in at 737-1025. Qualify all week in the 11 o'clock hour during our show this entire week. The grand prize, round-trip airfare to Dallas, hotel accommodations in Dallas, pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at American Airlines Center on New Year's Eve in Dallas, and a pair of tickets to see the Winter Classic. Predators and Stars at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. Next two weeks. Oh, it's the next week. It's the next two weeks. Oh. We will end up with 30 Mm, qualifiers. A lot of qualifiers. And the winner will be announced next Friday at 5 p.m. from those 30 with Jared and Floyd. All right. Prizes are courtesy of Outback Concerts. For more details, visit thegamenashville.com. Darren McFarlane, Chase McCabe. Teron Davenport in studio with us, NFL Nation reporter for ESPN for the Titans. Of course, talking with TD, you can hear that on the station. And, of course, Chase and Teron on Friday nights from 6 until 8 o'clock. And he joins us every Monday on the show. Okay, we were talking about the penalties, 11 for 99. And some of them, we were talking about the offensive line play. Some of them, in the hands of... You know, guys that have been there, done it, like Taylor Lewan that they count on. He's just, I feel like he's getting flagged a couple times every single week. You brought up during the break that we need to talk about. Special teams was a big part of the game on Sunday. Darren Bates is their special teams captain, is he not? He is. And he got hit, what, a couple times? A couple times. Yesterday? There was a holding. Actually, uh, Khalif Raymond had, I believe it was a 41-yard return, kick return. It was called back, and it was that was another one of those momentum type of situations, and it was called back. Uh, he also had one, I think it was on the botched extra point. I want to say he had it was kind of like a not targeting, but a, like helmet to helmet. He had that call too. So two calls on your special teams captain. What is normally because this Titans team is normally disciplined. Like you normally don't see. Well, last so year many, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you normally don't see so many penalties on them, but they they're not in a position where they could afford to give up a hundred yards in, in in penalties. They can't do that. This isn't a team that 
you know, like the Chiefs or Saints or, or, or Vikings or go on down the line. They can't afford to give up valuable yards. They can't. But they did yesterday, and that was just another thing. Because if you look at the first half, right, Christian McCaffrey, they held Christian McCaffrey to 68 total yards. But they were down 17 nothing. They shouldn't have been down like that. You know what I mean? Be- but that offense just – I think it was, what, 76 total yards of offense in, in the in the first half? Now, they turned it around and had over 400, but it's just like that gone. You you have to have some type of production in the first half. So, let, let's – I want to get both of your opinions on this because you look at this, and I think at this point, best-case scenario, 7-9, seven, 8-8, seven and, eight and eight, that's – I just think that's what this team is. They're – this whole good to great stuff, we've – push that to the wayside i mean they're, they're just trying to be mediocre right now nine and seven i don't even see after three straight it years it feels of that. like to me seven and nine seven and nine seems like. more likely so when you make a coaching change two years ago the whole idea was it wasn't good enough because nine and seven that's a winning record but that wasn't good enough so you have to be better well now you've taken a step back you did the same thing in year one and now you're taking a step back I believe changes have to be made to this coaching staff. I'm not saying it's Mike Vrabel, but do we think Mike Vrabel is capable of making some tough decisions and maybe parting ways with some guys that he's loyal to and he's shown loyalty, but it's just not getting the job done? Because I I question that. I think he's capable. Uh, I think he is. And, And let me say this. Last year, I give them a mulligan, the staff overall. I give them a mulligan because your quarterback was gone for a, a good portion and he wasn't there for the final game which you probably could have won and went 10 and 6 and been in the playoffs so that would have been a step forward this year hey look clearly different story i think vrabel can make that decision because listen, he man, benched the quarterback by the way so i'll give him credit right there. that's what i'm saying and, and <laughs> you you know how it is man it, it's <laughs> we're both in the lion's cage yeah. and, and and the lion wants to eat chase i love you man but that line's going to eat you first <laughs> if I can, if right. I have anything to do with right. it. You know what I mean? So I, I'm sure Vrabel has that same mindset. We just learned something about Tehran. Uh, well, listen, now at least I know where we stand. <laughs> if we're ever in a Lions We're cage. good, but <laughs> you got a lot, of, lot more meat on you. You're going first. Maybe he'll be full. Hey, <laughs> you don't have to outrun the Lion. You just have to outrun the guy behind you, yeah, right? Yeah, you're not lying. <laughs> that's, well, that's how it is. In all seriousness, it's what, you know, I mean, let's be honest. The last two coaches struggled with that, and it really was – their demise, if you think about it, I mean, Mike Munchak just really did not want to change his staff, and it cost him his job. And right, Malarkey was no different. So and that's a lot thing. of coaches struggle with that. And you know what? We started talking. We've been talking about this on Mondays. I feel very strongly. I know this. There's nothing this year you can do about this, but I feel strongly that Mike Vrabel, because I know John Robinson's all in. Like his, you know. Mike Vrabel's not going anywhere. This is his guy, and so he's got the to prove everybody. On him too. I know he's got to prove he's got to prove everybody wrong, and that's fine. But he needs help, man. He needs people that have skins on the wall. He needs some guys, a couple guys on his staff that have been there, done it, that have worn that headset, mm-hmm. yeah. and that can when he starts being like a player and you know wants to get out there and do all this stuff. That's fine at practice if he wants to go out there and hold the pads and break his hand and hurt his you know scuff up his body. Doing all that stuff during practice—that's fine—and try balance. to, yeah. But you you gotta have somebody that can get in his ear and say, "Hey, 
coach. Be the CEO. Like, uh, you know, hey, just think about this. And so he does need that. He really does. I feel strongly about that. And and here's the thing. Everybody's calling for Arthur Smith's head. I, I, I don't know for sure that he needs to be fired. I, I actually, I don't, I don't think he needs to be fired, frankly. And my thing is this, right? If you, if you look at some of the play design and some of the things – there definitely there's some really good concepts out there that that he's putting putting together. I think they just need someone. Just like last week, like we talked about, just that that balance to to help Vrabel on those tough fourth down type of decisions, those, those type of things. I think if you could bring in a veteran, and again, it goes back to what I said, Marty Morningweg. I think would be really good. Um, somebody like that that. It's not looming over Arthur Smith's head to try to take right. over, just but it's still there just, to help. You know, Uncle Marty. You yeah. know what I mean? Hey, what could we do? And and that's one thing that I will say about the Eagles. When I covered that team, you had groupthink, right? You had Mike Grow, you had Frank Reich and Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, who was Zach Taylor's brother. They all collectively came together and put together game plans. And then in addition to that, they each had their own roles. As a matter of fact, if you look at the play that Zach Ertz caught, the slant, that was a collection. Because I, 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 How could I forget D. Flipper also? That was a collection, because I talked to Coach Flip about it, that was a collection of about four different plays. The setup was one play. Um, the pattern, the route on that one side was another play, the route combo on the other one to get the safety to move. It was a collection of plays. That's what I'm talking about, synergy. And these are guys who are all experienced, with the exception of Press Taylor, coming together. I think that's what you have to have for this offensive staff. You still have Arthur Smith as the OC, but you have other guys coming together. And they have a good – I mean, Todd Downing has been there. Uh, uh, Pat O'Hara, he has been on on different offenses. So – I think they just need one other. Like, they need somebody, like a morning wave or somebody. Jim Caldwell. Jay Gruden. I think Jay Gruden can coach. I think he got – That would be – I think in in Washington, they're such a dysfunctional family. I think it's virtually impossible. You heard what Shanahan said about him a few weeks ago. I think Jay Gruden absolutely can coach offense. He's a guy that can help. He's not a head coach, but he is an offensive coach. I I think he could be a, a, a solid coordinator. That's an excellent name. I didn't even think of like I that, like that is a that is a name to me. If we're going to talk about this, Jay Gruden has to be on the list. Yeah, he I, has to. All right, we'll come back more with Teron on the other side. Mike Vrabel will hit the podium about eleven forty. We'll have that for you. We'll move. Uh, this is what I know to the third hour of the program. We'll head east and go to Knoxville in the third hour as well with Vince Ferrar. More of Darren Donick and Chase. ESPN one zero two five. The game.